want to introduce Jeff. I guess you guys have just met him. So, um, uh, and I'll say that uh, Jeff and Bridget fall along a long line of people that the Lord brings to Three Rivers because we need them. Um, and I, I love, I just love the way that works out. I love the way that uh, Brian and Meredith are in there starting a relationship with our kids, that they were here uh, because this was their church, not here because they needed a job. Uh, they were here because this is their church. And I always tell students when I was um, helping the, the last year students at Covenant Seminary, I make sure that you serve in a church that you would attend, that you would become a member of. You know, don't put your family in a, in a church that you're just there for the job. And, um, and if at all possible, hire people who would do it for free um, because their hearts are turned towards it. And so, uh, you know, the story of Mary and John, they show up just before COVID. And John, John just meekly says, well, uh, I can help set up streaming services. I don't want to step on anybody's toes, but I can... I can help set up streaming services. And I said, that would be wonderful. And then two days later, I get a spreadsheet with costs of different places and items. And, and um, I feel the same with Jeff and Bridget. I'm glad you're here. Um, our, our church needs you. And particularly, I do. <laughs> so I am very personally thankful. Um, you are going to, um, you're going to be blessed um, by the amount of uh, study and care and depth that Jeff puts in to the Word. Uh, when you spend time with him, you will, you will see someone who is overwhelmed with the goodness of God and amazed with his Word. And I hope you get to have uh, lunch or dinner with them sometime and, and hear their story. But um, I'm really, really thankful. As uh, we started this class using Psalm 119, and the reason I chose Psalm 119 is because the author there talks about the Word of God, the law of God, the statutes, the rules, the commands. He uses all these different words talking about how, how the law of God directs everything. So this morning I'll open us up in prayer from uh, the third section in Psalm 119, verses uh, 17 to 24. Deal bountifully with your servant, that I may live and keep your word. Open my eyes, that I may behold wondrous things out of your law. I am a sojourner on earth. Hide not your commandments from me. My soul is consumed with longing for your rules at all times. You rebuke the innocent, accursed ones who wander from your commandments. Take away from me scorn and contempt, for I have kept your testimonies. Even though princes sit plotting against me, your servant will meditate on your statutes. Your testimonies are my delight. They are my counselors. Father, we thank you for your word. May we recount the words of the psalmist, that we know your word, that it is the guide, that it gives us comfort, that though there be uh, those who have earthly power wielded over us, that we will find comfort, we will find wisdom, we will find guidance, we will find security, and Father, we will find you worthy above all to be worshipped, loved, and adored. Now open our hearts and our minds to receive your word. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.
It is an honor to be able to sit here and do this and um, a privilege. I haven't actually got to teach um, in the church for almost a year. So, uh, oh, can you hand her uh, in the back? Can you hand her one of those binders? Oh, you got one? Awesome. Okay. Awesome. Oh, you want, you want another one? We have a bunch of them. Yeah. Oh, thanks. Um, <laughs> so uh, when the class was started, um, Mark had began with um, uh, kind of a commitment to work through part of Psalm 119, because um, it does reverence uh, much of the law. And uh, through Thomas Watson's book, uh, The Ten Commandments, and um, I was like, wow, uh, that's, that can be tough. Thomas Watson can be tough. Uh, very rewarding, but challenging, right? Has anyone in here had the book? Is anyone reading the book? Okay. Um, I, I have the book. It's a digital copy, and I'm trying to work through the book. Um, I'm going to hand out, and I'll show you guys. Um, if you want to open up your binders, I think you'll see it there on the, on the, on the right I want to stay, keep that commitment to working through that book because some of the class have uh, had the book and are trying to work through the book. That was kind of a commitment to the class in the beginning. So I want to stay uh, consistent with that. Um, so I'm trying to outline, basically taking his chapters as he goes through them and, and uh, just to pull out the outline because of the nature of the way he writes and the way he works through the material. It's like each chapter is a, is a point of departure for a full systematic theology of the whole scriptures, right? And you can just like catalog, you know, catalog all of his text references. He's probably going to cover every single book in the New Testament and m- m- maybe every chapter, right? So uh, he's steeped in the text. It, it can be difficult to read. There's a little bit of a language issue uh, because of the, just the way that they, uh, they spoke and wrote in that time period, but it's very rewarding. Um, and uh, for those who are in the class, I kind of want to stay, uh, uh, be able to provide that. Uh, the outline is difficult because it doesn't follow a, a, a consistent format. At times he will, like Paul or other writers in the, in the Bible even, will have two or three logical arguments going on at the same time. So you'll see parentheses and then brackets. and in different uh, numbering systems, it's almost impossible just to even pull his outline out of the book. I can't imagine trying to be the editor on some of that. But I try the best that I can so that it helps people kind of follow the train of thought so you don't get lost in the trees for those who are going to listen to this, who are working through um, Watson. And and when he has things to say that I think are, uh, you know, specifically helpful, I'm going to try to bring those things out um, throughout the class. Um, on the on the far left of your binder, um, for those of us who seem to never get out of school, this would be kind of like the uh, the outline syllabus, maybe you could say. Um, and and uh, I kind of want to spend our time today, kind of unpacking, kind of how I want to approach the class, kind of how we're going to work through the rest of the of this material, the Ten Commandments, over the next few weeks, and. Um, and give you an idea of where we're going to go. Um, <clears throat> the first thing you'll notice on the very back page, on front and back, is a bibliography. <clears throat> and those are the resources that I'm using 
so you know, um, for this class to kind of reference, I will put, I, I'm not, I, most of this material is not uh, original material. What I've done is I've gone through and found lots of resources that I think are helpful. I've found people who speak specifically well about certain, certain things, and I'm block quoting their material. I made a few small changes here and there sh to shorten things up. Instead of saying the Ten Commandments, I might put 10C, something like that. But I'll put parentheses there so you can at least reference it back uh, to the syllabus or to the uh, bibliography, and you can see where I'm getting that material. Um, so there's lots of places, lots of people have written on the topic. There's so much to read about it. Uh, it's almost impossible to get through um, even the majority of the material. Um, but so you know, that's where the materials come from. At the end of some of these, uh, as we go work through the material, you'll see parentheses and it's kind of in grayscale where I put the name or a page number and a name. That should reference you back to the author or the work in the back of the bibliography if you want to go look at some of those things themselves or you have a question about where the material came from. Um, as far as, the uh, as, far as uh, moving forward in the material, um, uh, I'm going to try to, my printer is kind of on the blink, so I wanted to get a copy of, I, I printed out a copy, I just don't, I couldn't print them for the class today, my printer's out of ink, but of, the, of Psalm 119 for you, just to have in reference because Mark's working through it every week, um, and a copy of the Westminster Standards. Um, the Confession, both catechisms, for those sections of the standards that deal with the law. And it's still quite a bit of material, I mean, eight pages maybe, so it's a big topic, and there's much that's been said about it. And I think as we'll go through the material, you're going to see how reassuring and comforting it is that the standards, uh, how, uh, sometimes how specifically they address the key issues we're going to see. It's, it's, it's unbelievable. Um, and it's reassuring, it's comforting to know that such great care was put into it by the people who authored the, the confessions. Um, and then uh, there's a couple of special things, little study snacks I put in here for you uh, that are on the right-hand side. You'll see, um, let's start with the first one, this pretty thing, with all the colors on there. I need better paper, though. It's not doing it justice. Uh, <laughs> This little packet right here, this is just a tool, okay? Um, it's a tool to help us all kind of um, come up to speed in the, biblical, uh, in, in the biblical context of the Ten Commandments. It's taking place in the very first block you're going to see at the top. That's just a very short summary depiction of the major sections and movements of the Pentateuch. Our text is in the Pentateuch. And then you'll see below, kind of a color-coordinated uh, each block, how they fit into um, the Pentateuch um, as a whole. And these very, I think these very short summaries are helpful to help us position. We can't, we have to, when we consider the Ten Commandments, we have to consider it in the context of the whole movement of the, of the Pentateuch, of, of the first five books. This is one long story. And it has all types of, there's, there's Old Testament, there's narrative in here, it's historical, we have law, we have all kinds of things going on, but it's all connected, as we'll see, just like the co covenant concept is connected and interwoven with the issue of the law. We have to understand where this is at, where it's taking place, 
the concepts we're going to discuss are going to cover a majority of the span of the book. And some of these are big concepts. And so this, this can be helpful for you to kind of position um, the text um, in a bigger sense. For example, you're going to see, if you go down to the green block Exodus, um, line, uh, section 2, Covenant under Moses, Exodus 19. This is the beginning of the second major movement in the book of Exodus. And if you go from Exodus 19 um, um, to uh, the end of Leviticus, that whole section is basically what they call the Sinai narrative. Okay, and that is a, a, a big contextual piece. We need to understand what's going on in that period of time. Um, and so um, I put that together just to kind of help you at that level. <clears throat> if we keep on working through that briefly, um, you'll see I've just taken from the ESV introduction and ESV at every chapter. I just kind of put their introductions there for those books, well, at least for Exodus through Joshua. So you'd have a quick reference. Hey, okay, remind me what's going on big picture in this book. And then you can look at the outline and kind of see kind of the structure and how they're related. Then I'm going to, I'm actually going to give you some, a little bit of some excerpts from notes from a class I took uh, on um, this section of, of Scripture. Uh, basically, there's two sections, and they correspond to two little divisions inside of that Sinai narrative. The first is Covenant under Moses. You're going to see a lot of information here, and you're going to see how the text is structured in that section. And you'll see Exodus 20, which is the first um, presentation of the Ten Commandments. And then you'll see on back in uh, a few pages later here, you're going to see uh, uh, worship under Moses, which works through the rest of Exodus. And then I've got a section on Deuteronomy because we're going to see the Ten Commandments presented again there in chapter 5. And so I've given you some background information there to Deuteronomy and its structure um, and some things that will be important to you later on. So we're not going to cover this stuff uh, like per se, but it's going to be, it could be very helpful for you to review and to kind of consider some of this information as you're reflecting back on the material we're covering in the class itself. Does that make sense? Okay. And then for the final two little colorful pages, kind of bring those out. Um, the first one with the stuff that uh, on the left, the biblical Hebrew biblical text on the left, it kind of looks like this long sheet like this. You see that? Okay. I just wanted to show you this. We won't use this probably after today, this front sheet, but I wanted to show you what is here and why it's this way to show you how it supports the second one. This is the biblical Hebrew text of Exodus 21 through 17. And it's broken down. I broke it down into clause and phrase structure um, so that you can see kind of the logical, the way the text is logically divided, okay, in the original. And you can see by following the color codes, you can see how it foots to the ESV, which is reassuring. That's one of the reasons I love the ESV, the NASB, because they're literal translations and they foot to the original text. And this um, is a crosswalk. You can basically see Hebrews written right to left, English is left to right. So it's just kind of a mirror image, right? And you can see how, how it foots to the original text. Um, and it's there that we can see 
we can start to see actually the, the actual commandments, the imperatives, the commandments themselves separated out from the uh, supporting material, what we call the elaborations and things like that. This is uh, so that you can see the, the footing of this. If you were to listen to a native Hebrew speaker work through, read this text, you could follow along just by looking at this because you could see where they're naturally pausing. You, and, and the inflection of their voice and the way that this is how they see the language. This is how it was written. This is how they feel it when they, when they, when they communicate it. You remember, most of this was oral, right? So there's a sense in which if you were to hear a native speaker, you would be like, oh, that makes sense. And then you would pick up certain things like, oh, wow, how fast is the cadence down here in the bottom five? Wow, boom, boom, boom. You know, for us, it's several words, but there it's just one word. You know, each line is one word because of the way the language is written in it has a certain effect. And so those are things that we miss, um, but I think it can be helpful. Um, so the next page, this one, is basically the page you just saw without the Hebrew, and it's just the ESV. And then you're going to see a list of um, different approaches to dividing the text, right? You're going to see how the Westminster Confession divides the text, you're going to see how, if you follow the heading at the top, how the Roman Catholic and Lutheran traditions divide the text, how historic Judaism would do the text, and then how the, the uh, under Sarna, Nachum Sarna is an Old Testament commentator, a Jewish commentator, uh, how the rabbinic um, Judaism, say medieval period, how they divide the text. And I think you're going to find some interesting things that, uh, where people don't necessarily agree. And then there are a couple of other ways, uh, alternative ways that people have noticed that the text naturally divides, and I think those can be interesting and helpful too. So we'll kind of uh, uh, refer to that material in, in certain parts of the class. That'll be very helpful. This is uh, Bridget, uh, my wife, Bridget. <laughs> She sat through a lot of these classes with me, and she always makes fun of me. The first time I taught on a Wednesday night in front of the whole church, it was a big church. There were several hundred people in there. I was a little nervous, and I was going through all this material, and I said, are you tracking with me? Because I'd seen someone else do that, you know, and she's like, oh, don't ever do that again. <laughs> I'm dying to do it right now. I just want to make sure you're with me, but I'm not going to do it. But uh, anyway, she was... She was very gracious. Yeah, she's very gracious. Yeah, she's going to sit back in the back and give me hand signals. Don't think anything of it. Like, I think this is cut it off. We got to go. It's shutdown time. So anyway, this is a tag team thing. I appreciate her help. Um, so with all that said, um, I'm going to start with the outline here and just kind of give you a brief overview of kind of how we're going to go through the material. I looked at the calendar. I know there's one, maybe at least two weeks before we get right into the holidays that we're not going to meet. Maybe fall, I'm not sure fall breaks one, but there was another. Anyway, I started counting up the weeks. How can we get through all of these commandments? I think we can dedicate one week to each commandment. Probably going to need, uh, we'll, we'll need two for this um, to get through the material for the prologue preamble um, because of just kind of the setup, house clean stuff today. Um, so we should have plenty of time uh, to work through this, um, but uh, hopefully you guys will stay committed to it and we can all get something out of it together. 
Um, so basically the outline is, I kind of want to break uh, for the first two sessions here. I want to go over some introductory material and ask some big questions like what exactly are the Ten Commandments? Uh, I want to discuss the literary context, like some of the main features, the form of it, the style. Uh, I don't want this to be real dry. It can be. It can be technical. It can be on the academic side of things, but it, it, all of this stuff really, it's, you're going to see it foots to the text, and it's, it, these are the things that drive, um, that drive a lot of our interpretation and understanding of it. Structure has, uh, imparts meaning in the text. Um, look, th questions like, uh, how many commandments are there? Uh, are they, how are they divided and ordered? How many tablets were there really? Um, authorship, audience, setting, situation, purpose, things like that. Um, uh, then I'm going to discuss kind of the canonical context. You know, where do we find it in the text? Is it two places? Is it three? Um, are there differences between the, the canonical accounts? How do we, uh, how do we address that? Um, and then where do we find it in other biblical texts? How do Old Testament writers, how do New Testament writers, do they quote it? Do they allude to it? Are there echoes of it in the way that they um, write? I want to discuss some of the key hermeneutical issues. Um, some of the, there's really, for the law, we can think of four primary ways that we can distinguish the law. Some are more helpful than others, um, but, you know, the traditional reform classifications of uh, moral, civil, and ceremonial can be helpful at times. Um, dividing the, uh, the laws up, um, distinguishing between the different uses of the law, first, second, third use. Um, the two primary forms that we find, apodictic or casuistic, things like that, and the concept of the Hittite Hitter, suzerain uh, vassal treaty form. All of those things are distinctions that we can make when we look at the text that will help us uh, understand uh, facets or aspects of how it's put together and what it's trying to convey. And um, I think it's important. The historical context. You know, how do we read or interpret the Ten Commandments? Uh, actually, what we're going to find is, uh, are they even commandments? Um, uh, we need to look at this historically from the context or from the, from the viewpoint of the original audience and the continuing audience. Uh, the original audience hearing this in Exodus 5, how does that audience change? And we see it again in Deuteronomy 20, or Deuteronomy 5 versus Exodus 20. At uh, Moses on the plains of Moab, and he's reflecting, you know, on the history of the people, and so we want to look at this contextually, both in the beginning and the end, uh, to see what we can glean from that. Uh, we look at it in terms of the, the covenantal context, the issue of authority, um, and we want to use a Christocentric approach to the law, that the covenant is directly tied to the uh, that the law is directly tied to covenant, the covenant concept. So how does this work um, as we work progress through the covenants, uh, especially in light of what we would consider, a, you know, a reformed or traditional reformed Westminster Confession of Faith understanding of the covenants, uh, and how the uh, and how does this uh, the law and aspects of the law uh, and that theme develop throughout the the Pentateuch in light of the covenants, uh, and then a redemptive context, you know. Uh, more on the application side, how do, you know, what is our, should be our motivations for keeping the law, and how do we apply it? Uh, we'll find out Christ is the hermeneutical key to the law and to the Old Testament. And then finally, all of that 
uh, all of that would lead us into the issue of um, what about the preamble or the prologue. Once we get through that material, we read the prologue, you guys will be able to answer it for yourself. We get through that stuff, you're going to be able to look at the prologue and you're going to see it's going to jump off the page. Wow. All of that right here. And I'll just finish real quick with one thing. I'm getting in the tap sign. Uh, <laughs> is that right? Or are you just... Okay. Um, we'll just end it there. How about that? Four minutes? Oh, that was the five-minute countdown. Okay. All right. I'm going to run it to the end. Now, where was I? I forgot. I thought it was going to be good. Yeah. Um, where was I going to go from there? Um, see, I get excited because I, I just get excited sometimes. Um, but the um, when we get to the, pro, the, pro, the preamble and the prologue, hopefully it will just... It'll jump off the page, and when you see it, you're going to be, wow, now I see. Oh, okay, thanks. I found it. Okay, so um, should, should we, I, I'm thinking of this, should we, should we advocate, uh, for example, putting the Ten Commandments in the public square, in schools? Should we? And, and I've always thought that was kind of a given. Well, certainly we should. But how many times have we seen it listed as the commands with no preamble or prologue? And I guess you're going to find out if you don't have that, you shouldn't. We don't want it there because it's just a list of moral commands, a bunch of imperatives and rules. If it's not presented in the context in which it was given, with the preamble and the prologue, you have to understand the covenant context in which this is given and what, <clears throat> what is driving the law, okay? Then it, then it defeats the purpose. It, 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 it distorts the truth. And so we should. It would be great to have it in the public square or in the classroom if they included all of it, right? If the prologue and the preamble were there. Otherwise, I would say no, right? Because people would just look at it as a list of rules. Um, there's more here, and in keeping with uh, Thomas Watson's style, it'll be our point of departure to go through the whole Bible. We'll try to do that, and probably the 30 minutes next week, we'll go through the whole Bible, yeah, and uh, <laughs> we're going to try. No, um, I know this is a lot of information. I, don't, I know it can sometimes, you know, here's a new person up here, and they're trying to go 100 miles an hour. It's like taking a drink out of a fire hose. Don't let it. Don't let it um, discourage you in any way. Um, yes, some of this stuff can be technical and some of it can be dry, but I think we can have fun. We can work through it. We can learn something from it. Um, you know, <clears throat> there are no bad questions. I don't have all the answers. If I get something wrong, please, I know there's a lot of grace in the room. Please help me, uh, you know, let me know and I'm going to try to fix it and we'll get through this together. But, um, I do appreciate the opportunity Mark's given, and, and you guys um, let me teach a little bit, and um, and I look forward to the class. I think we've had a lot of fun. We're going to learn a lot along the way. So, I have a question. Yes, sir. What, what do we need to do for next week? What, what, if, if we were to read over this, what would be, what would be good for us? Well, uh, basically this packet, the one on the left, that has the bibliography on the end. That's the material I'm going to try to work through. 
and like I said, um, and hopefully we can get through it. If we can't, if we can't get through that, then maybe we could finish it up uh, the following week. We have enough room as far as weeks go to be able to, to push that back another week if we need to. Um, but it would be helpful to read through that. Obviously, when you, as we go through the class, it's going to be helpful to look at this little colorful packet here to give yourself a, a refresher on the Pentateuch and kind of where things are positioned and how they're put together and how they, there's one long narrative here. Um, so when you know where those pieces are, so I'm going to quote, and we're going to be alluding to texts scattered all over the first five books of the Bible, and knowing how they, and I'll try to draw the connections, but once you and see those, hopefully, and the more of an understanding you have of the whole narrative arc of the Old Testament, and the, the Pentateuch in particular, I think the more rewarding it'll be for you. And I'll try to help you out with that along the way. But um, I would certainly, I would, I would spend my time on this. And then to the extent that you can, look through that other packet. Um, and the rest of the material will be kind of, it won't be as helpful at this point. Any other questions? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. So that's just that's yeah, just an outline, and like I said, I'll, uh, you'll see the the headings over here on the outline are kind of highlighted in the yellow as you go through the material, so you can kind of refer back to where you're at. And um, you know, some of this stuff uh, I pulled from dis different sources. Occasionally, there'll be a little bit of overlap, um, just because I'm trying to block quote some people, but um, we can we can pull out the things that we need to see. Any other questions? All right. Finish, uh, close this out in prayer real quick. Father, I just thank you so much uh, for this privilege and honor that we have uh, to study your word together in community uh, with your people. And um, I pray that you would uh, bless our time together that would be um, reflect the honor and glory that's due your name. And it's in your son's name that we pray. Amen.